0: Hey, Nick. Hey, Clint. Is it cold in here, do you?
1: I mean, yeah, a little. Why do you ask?
0: I can see your nipples. Oh.
1: You are now listening to hogwash your history (laughs) and now here's your host clint copeland and nick bishop
0: and welcome to hogwash your history i'm your host clint copeland here with my podcast compadre, my one and only podcast partner, Nick Bishop.
1: Hey, fellow oinkers, we're so glad that you could join us with this wonderful episode.
0: We've got a lot to say, so turn your ears up and listen in. Yeah, so I am going to have to give a warning to you guys about this episode. Please heave this warning. This episode does have dark, graphic imagery and depictions of sexual violence. So for those of you who listen with your kids, please take that warning into consideration. If you don't care about that... Cool beans, we're happy to have you along for the ride, but if that is something you are worried about, we'll see you guys on the next episode. But, this subject today, what are we talking about today, Nick?
1: We are going to be talking about history's first recorded... Serial killer.
0: History's first recorded serial killer. That's correct. This subject has much debate on who exactly should be awarded with the illustrious title of history's first serial killer. But the reality is, as long as homo sapiens have existed, there's probably been serial killers along, all along in some capacity. Well, humans are really good at just a few things and
1: killing is one
0: of them. Yes, they are. So some say the title should belong to Liu Pingli in the second century. If you guys get a chance, look it up. Others say it should go to La Custa of Gaul. In ancient Rome, she was known in Nero's court as the, quote, master of poison. She even taught some of uh, Nero's uh, members of his court. Uh, Makes a whole hell of a lot of sense people.
1: when you look at Nero.
0: Yeah, and of course there are plenty of others we could mention as well. However, who we are talking about today is one of the most vile, sadistic, disgusting, and sick individuals who have ever lived or been recorded in history. Keyword, Recorded. The guy's name is Gilles Deray. Gilles. Not not Jill. Not Jill, Gilles. Gilles. Nick, how is that spelled? <laughs> it's spelled G I L L
1: E S D E R A I S.
0: That is correct. That is a very French name, so we <laughs> a lot of this takes takes place in France, so Let's go ahead and start at so, the beginning. Should
1: I do, do? I need the accent. Do I
0: need to do the? No, 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 no you don't. You no, don't have we'll to do just, the. Accent. <laughs> For those our French listeners, uh, just pardon us on the pronunciation of some of these names. So we're, we'll do the best that we can. But to start at the very beginning, Gilles de was born in Brittany, France, on September of 1404. And if you know anything about European history during during that time period, it was pretty much the heart of the Hundred Years' War that went on from 1337 to 1453 A.D., so about 116 years. Uh, you
1: know, I guess it makes sense that it's called the Hundred Years' War because 116 Years' War just doesn't sound as good.
0: Yeah, you know, just add the decade and a half in there. Let's call it a hundred (laughs) years war. But more specifically, Brittany was experiencing turmoil and struggle for the kingship of France. It was really just an extremely difficult time to live and be English or French during this time period.
1: You're not kidding, dude. Brittany's been taking crap for a long time. It was
0: just generations of nothing but war, kidnapping, and bloodshed. De Ray, though was a very gifted child intellectually, but his childhood wasn't the best. Let's let's just say that. Around the age of seven, he was writing manuscripts, speaking fluent Latin, and had learned military tactics. Very bright young man. Absolutely. When de Ray was ten, around fourteen, fifteen, his father Guy de Leval, was killed in a hunting accident. Even more disturbing, it was believed that the boy may have even witnessed it. He probably did. And tragedy again. Struck just months later when his mother, Marie de Cron, suddenly passed away. The exact details of her death are unknown. But Gilles was put into the hands of his grandfather, Jean de Cron, his maternal grandfather. DeRay grew into a hot-headed, ill-tempered young man. And in his teenage years, his grandfather would attempt to marry him off over and over again as a political scheme. This began at the age of 12. His first attempt at an arranged marriage was with a young heiress who was... Guess how old she was?
1: Uh, It's pretty young, but uh, if I had to say, uh, if I remember... It's
0: pretty young. It's like four? That's right. She was four years old. That's nasty. It's pretty gross. A few times, these attempts at arranged marriages just kept falling through until at about age 16, Jill had rescued the Duke of Brittany, who had been taken prisoner. And as a reward, the king gave him land grants. And then from there, he acquired massive amounts of properties pretty much for free. DeRay from then gained a serious reputation as a skilled and fearless fighter and Dude would had k- mad keep that abilities. reputation yeah he would keep that reputation and after the re- after the rescue Jean de Cron was able to broker a deal for an arranged marriage in his early 20s Gilles de Rey married Catherine de Thaus duchess of Brittany so the duke's sister effectively expanding the wealth and prominence of his family much to the delight of his grandfather <laughs> correct cuz at that
1: time women they, they couldn't hold land and, and wealth but men could and so like through this marriage he, he was exponentially growing his wealth and influence
0: to the nobles of this time period the game was gain don't worry <laughs> about your feelings what can you get from this person that's <laughs> terrible that's, right. that's a very terrible way of describing
1: it but hey it, your daughter she's got a pretty face but what can you give me what you got for me <laughs>
0: In 1429, at age 25, he was assigned by Charles VII to watch over Joan of Arc in battle as a commander. The That's two fought awesome. in major battles together, including the lifting of the she- of the siege of Orleans. DeRay was appointed to the position of the Marshal of France, France's highest military distinction in 1429. And as we all know, Joan of Arc's career was cut short in 1431. When she was captured by the British and burned at the stake, standing accused of witchcraft. So, this burning at the stake, accused of witchcraft, is going to kind of come into play later on in this story, but it's uh, interesting nonetheless. Uh, Joan of Arc uh, did go on um, posthumously to be awarded the title of sainthood uh, or awarded sainthood by the Catholic Church. So after Joan of Arc's death in 1431, his military career began to slowly wind down, and eventually he retired from the military officially in 1435. And in 1431, Gilles started spending more and more time at his estate, and he would eventually go on to be one of the richest and largest land-owning nobles in Western France. Like, golden toilet rich. Like, Like, screw you money rich. Screw you money rich. He was beloved as a hero though amongst the French people for his service along Jean, alongside uh, Joan of Arc and his uh, contribution to the war and this would actually continue on it would but kind of become a drama after his death like Absolutely. the the views and opinions of this man.
1: I mean he was he was super well known. he was practically a folk hero.
0: Absolutely. Um so interesting enough uh as we get into this there's actually a folk tale that's based on his story it's called uh it's it's called the tale of Bluebeard.
1: Well, I mean, I would I would love I would love to listen to the tale of Bluebeard rather than
0: yeah. If uh, I don't want to give anything away too early, but if you guys get a chance, look up Bluebeard. Look up the story. It kind of correlates with this, um, but instead of children, you'll come to find out it's it's wives. But uh, I digress. Uh, Jill had what some would call, for lack of better terms, uh, shopaholism. Like he was a shopaholic. Ooh. That's really what I want to call it spending money. But the correct term for that is oniomania.
1: Yeah, I like shopaholic a lot more.
0: Oniomania's uh, the way it's spelled. It looks like like uh something to do with onions. I just – I can't stop eating these onions. I smell so bad, but – But as you gathered, it basically means a compulsive spending addiction. He began to spend his fortune faster than he was taking it in, and he would recklessly throw money away by paying enormous sums for decorations, servants, and large military – Retinue. So word of the day, retinue. Found that out. That actually means like a a group of advisors or people to take advice from. Well, the more you know. Yeah. So large military retinue and theatrical spectacles and the commissioning of music and works of literature, many of which were solely focused on his life and his own military accomplishments.
1: Look, this man wrote – he wrote an entire play (laughs) with so much verse and parts – That at one point he needed 120 extras just to speak all the parts of his military accomplishments. That's the screw you
0: money, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it is. He eventually had to sell off portions of his family's land to help finance his extravagant lifestyle, which in turn sparked a bitter fight amongst other family members, including his siblings and even his grandfather, which leads us to the next point of religion and acts of evil. So Gilles de Rey was known for his devotion to Christianity and began paying for the construction of his own personal chapel on his own estate. Now, this wasn't uncommon during the time period that some nobles, given enough land and enough money, would build churches on their property to make it more convenient, given the diocese would approve it and they'd have a priest there and could conduct mass amongst their family members or friends privately. Absolutely. I mean, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to go to church when it's in your own own living room. He had his own church and could basically attend Mass from the comfort of his own home. And this church happened to be called the Chapel of the Holy Innocents. Now, the Chapel of the Holy Innocents. Here comes the irony of ironies in this story. Nick, go ahead and describe this because I'm a little angry at this. (laughs)
1: Look, the Christian religions believe that the only ones who are truly innocent are the mentally handicapped and children. The Holy Innocence is in reference to the New Testament book of Matthew, a story of the king of Herod of uh, Judea, Herod the Great, and the mass murders of thousands of male children, two years old and younger, to prevent the overthrowing of his throne. And this was told to him by Magi seeking the king of the Jews in prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, so the irony lies in Gilles Ray, who is believed to have murdered 150 young children in cold blood, boys in particular, building a church called the Chapel of the Holy Innocents in reference to the mass murder of young boys. That's sick and ironical. Gilles Ray couldn't get the Pope to officially accept the church as part of the Catholic diocese due to the Duke of Brittany and the King of France petitioning to the Pope that this church was just a blatant symptom of Ray's spending addiction. There would be no priest in this church, but that didn't stop Gilles Ray. He finished <laughs> the construction didn't. of the church, decorated it elaborately, had tailors make lavish costumes, and he officiated mass himself. This guy was <laughs> this guy was pretty self-absorbed, I think it's safe to say. He Give was, me
1: a priest, that's fine, I'll be a priest.
0: Mm, I'm going to ring the bell of narcissists this year. <laughs> This act of course was by all means considered blaspheme- blasphemous by the Catholic Church. More than anything it proved how much power he had amongst church, but not only the church but also amongst other noblemen. It, it he really did have screw you power. Anybody else would be blasphemous they would die. Correct. Gilles de Rey eventually went broke and the Duke of Brittany convinced the king to let him take control of de Ray's estate. And at this point, De Ray had spent everything and was in some serious debt. The Duke began to sell off the properties one by one to cover the debt. However, one of these favorite castles of Gilles De that the Duke sold was being guarded by a clergyman named Jean Leferon. <laughs> De Ray was so upset that the Duke had taken all of his money and property effectively pretty much making him homeless and penniless at this point. And then there was this lowly clergyman in the way, not letting him in. DeRay kidnapped the clergyman and got the keys to his castle back.
1: (laughs) Still, the guy eventually got away with it. Talk about privilege of the nobility. Can you imagine just this guy? They told me to stand here and you want it. I'm not supposed to give it back to you. Get out of the way, holy boy. (laughs)
0: Okay. You're coming with me. <laughs> Whatever you say. Kidnapped. <laughs> Rumors began to spread that Gilles DeRez was involved in the occult, Satan worship, and alchemy. Which,
1: to be fair, is just misunderstood chemistry.
0: Uh, yeah, at, at, at times. But other than alchemy, everybody just trying to turn everything into... I feel like there was a, a period of alchemy. Everybody was just trying to turn everything they could into gold.
1: Gold and find the uh, the, the key to what? Uh, immortality?
0: And there was a lot of mercury everywhere. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of mercury. If you think about alchemy, just think about trying to turn everything into gold and just having a, a copious amounts of mercury everywhere. Explains a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> there were claims, though, that he sold his soul to the devil. And he had an Italian friend and also a nobleman named Francois Prelati. They were rumored to be romantic partners and to have had summoned a demon named
1: Baron. Wait, wait, h- hold up a minute. They summoned a demon named Baron. Baron. Like
0: pretty, pretty lame name for you could have
1: demon. had Metastopheles. you could have had like t- something more ominous. Beelzebub, than
0: Baron. <laughs> Jehoshaphat, but nah, you got Baron. <laughs> oh god, these rumors were emboldened by speculation that Gilles had turned to black magic as a way to save his finances and his estate. This supposed attempt to summon the demon Baron failed multiple times at the realization by Francois that the ritual needed human sacrifice. Ooh. <laughs> Probably because they were trying to summon a demon named Baron. Baron. Yeah, no wonder you were let down.
1: Is, is it Baron, like land Baron, or is it just Baron, like desolate land?
0: Baron, I, I don't know. It's spelled B A R O N, Baron. baron. <laughs> Baron, Maybe it was like Baron. Maybe it had like a cool pronunciation. You
1: know? <laughs> I would hope so.
0: Yeah. Somewhere around 1432, Gilles de Ray and his bodyguards began luring young boys to his castle, sometimes employing them to the church he had built. Often, peasant people would send their children- uh, to go and beg at these castles of the noblemen in hopes that they would be given food for the family or a job, you know, they could make a little money, or even taken in as clergy or squires for a, a better life. Children were given to the church all the time, and if you were, were a squire for a knight, that was a slightly better life than being a peasant. I mean, so there's a lot of children being sent being, out, yeah. Being a,
1: a peasant, dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of children being sent out by these uh, these peasant families, but you got to put yourself in that time period and understand that. Peasants were the lowest of the low in the social class. They had very little uh, resources around them, and their day-to-day life was pretty much just focused solely on survival. Correct. Everything they worked for went to the crown. Everything that was left was for their own survival. It sucked to be a peasant. Absolutely. Um, The reality was, though, that in DeRay's case, he was luring young boys into his castle to sodomize – Torture and murder them. Some say for blood sacrifice, others say it was for his own pure sadistic pleasure. This is why we have given the title of history's first recorded serial killer to Gilles de Ray. Gilles would often send his own servants to lure in more boys, as this would ultimately lead to his doom by way of these servants testifying against him later on. If they couldn't lure him in, they would just straight up abduct him, kidnap him. And Gilles de Ray had turned some of the rooms in his castle, for a lack of better words, to a torture dungeon. That's seriously messed up. Yep, he had rooms in his castle for rape, others for bludgeoning, and others for dismemberment. Can a- you imagine, like a
1: tour of the home? And this, this is, is where we have the <laughs> torture <laughs> wheel, and in here you can see the multiple instruments used for bludgeoning.
0: And this is a this is a gadget I created myself. On one end is a cat of nine tails, and the other end is a spear. <laughs> I call it a cat of spear tails. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty dark. According to court trial documents, he enjoyed staring the boys directly in their eyes while he bludgeoned them to death. He would decapitate the bodies and keep their severed heads on display for people to walk in and he could show them kissing his favorites from time to time. That's, that's absolutely bonkers. It's very dark. Of course, these reports of missing children began piling up, all pointing to their last known location at the hands of Gilles de servants or just straight up disappearing near his castle. Uh, People eventually put two and two together. And as we said earlier, you know, it wasn't uncommon for these peasant boys to never return home. Um, Sometimes them not returning home was kind of seen as a blessing. But in this case, a lot of the peasants knew exactly what had happened to their children but, you know, what were they supposed to do? Are they supposed to just go to, you know, the authorities and and accuse a nobleman and his servants of murdering their children? Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. No, there's
1: there's no way, especially at the time when, you know, the guards or whoever the hell they would have went to are working for the nobleman.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, you. that's a good way to get uh, executed. I would imagine so. <laughs> you go ahead and accuse a nobleman who is linked to the to the Holy Crown appointed by God, and try to tell the authorities how many crimes they've committed. Yeah, you, you're going to get murdered. Hey, hey, you
1: aren't aren't not you the guy that's taking all the kids and and doing stuff to them?
0: Kill kill him. Yep, yeah, yeah he's know. dead. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so because of this, this allowed it to go on for eight or so years, with the bodies totaling 150 estimated. In some areas, these murders and devious deeds were somewhat of an open secret and that DeRay had began sacrificing the children on a satanic altar, allowing the bodies to pile up, and therefore they started cremating them in the fireplace. Ultimately, DeRay wasn't arrested until September of 1440 after he had kidnapped a priest over a dispute that was unrelated to the murders. This guy keeps kidnapping clergymen, and eventually it led to his own doom.
1: <laughs> he's he, look. He's got something out for the church and the noblemen, but especially these lowly clergy dudes.
0: Leave <laughs> <Live laughs> them alone. Leave <laughs> the clergy dudes alone. <laughs> he was tried in both the ecclesiastical and civil court for a whole plethora of offenses, including heresy, sodomy, and the murder of more than a hundred children. That's that's a lot. Yeah, numerous eyewitnesses had built up over the eight years of murders. Many of them had seen bodies being dumped by the dozens by his servants at one of his castles, his own servants, many of whom admitted to participating in some capacity by either kidnapping the children or dumping them. They had testified in court against Gilles Ray. So he's got all of this piling up against him at this point. Gilles Rais, under the threat of torture, confessed to all charges of ritualistically torturing dozens of children and murdering them in cold blood. In the secular court. Lawman interviewed DeRay's servants. They admitted to abducting children for him and that he would masturbate and commit necrophilia before cutting off their heads. As if killing them wasn't enough. It's very dark. Two French clerics testified DeRay engaged in alchemy and was obsessed with the dark arts and that he used the severed limbs of his victims and his rituals as well. DeRay's cousin... Even came forward and testified that DeRay had borrowed his 12-year-old apprentice, whom was never seen again.
1: I mean, after not seeing them again, I don't think you can
0: count that as borrowing. Yeah, pretty obvious. All in all, his trial lasted five days and ended with Gilles DeRay being found guilty of witchcraft, criminal murder, and the unnatural vice with children. He was sentenced to death by burning and hanging simultaneously on October 26th. I mean,
1: at least they did it at the same time because if you – I don't think you can do one and then the other. The logistics I think get a little screwy.
0: Again, it goes back to the Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc? She was she was artistic too. It goes back to the Joan of Arc. She was burned at the stake for the charge of witchcraft, right? Right. And by being burned at the stake for the charge of witchcraft, therefore being denied a Christian burial. Exactly. This is where it gets interesting with um, evidence moving forward. There is no definitive record of how many children he murdered, but the estimate is between 100 to 200 children, so around 150, but some have asserted that the guy killed more than 600 young boys.
1: That's a pretty big leap.
0: In the end... There have been experts over the years who have questioned the validity of the evidence against Gilles Ray and his confession. Some claim today that he was forced to confess under the threat of torture so severe that he confessed, regardless of his guilt, to save himself from excommunication or, you know, worse. In other words, an Inquisition trial. Well, I mean, there.
1: if I remember right, he was tortured previously, but I mean... I mean, who, who knows who, how bad it is, and it you never expect the Inquisition.
0: <laughs> you never expect the Inquisition. <laughs> Basically, it was a coerced confession, as we have seen in many criminal cases these days. As you know, videos of these uh, of these uh, interviews with uh, authorities come to light, and many murder cases that's uh, of which actually exonerate the person. Exactly. There is evidence, however, in documentation showing that he did, in fact, receive a Christian burial, which is highly unusual for somebody found guilty and burned for witchcraft. How do you have a Christian burial if you're Ash? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There was no tangible evidence that proved DeRay was guilty or even committed the crimes. Lack of bodies, bone fragments, blood, and the withholding of testimonies are all at the forefront of this argument. All of the evidence was circumstantial at best. So pretty much just hearsay. Pretty much. Uh, Many friends and family members of DeRay claimed that they had never witnessed or seen anything proven that he was, in today's terms, a serial murder. There's nothing. These testimonies were not admitted in court, though. Could this be for a good reason? Oh, I imagine it was. There is other evidence for the need to get rid of DeRay. He was a headache for the Duke of Brittany and a headache for the king. The Duke of Brittany gained all of De Ray's wealth after his death with permission of the king. Then he divided it amongst his family, and even the church was given a kickback from it. Convenient? Some could argue yes. I would I would definitely say so,
1: because at that time, I mean he had enough power to rival the king, the the his other noblemen, the church, because he had he had pool not in just money, but
0: in fame. Yeah, absolutely. So the guy was so famous. Uh, and, and so well, uh, so beloved by the, the common French people, the guy with all of his money and land and power could have essentially raised his own army. Oh, without a doubt. And that threat of power uh, amongst the king and the duke is, is a good way to, to get your own head lobbed off, as we've seen in history many times. However, in 1992, French Freemasons reorganized a trial to retrial DeRay, quote, fairly. It involved French ministers, parliament members, UNESCO as experts, and a myriad of other experts as well. After all of the evidence was presented, there was a not guilty verdict. But we may never know the truth. So, we will leave it in your hands. You decide. What do you think, Nick?
1: I mean, my own personal thoughts is that uh, regardless of your time history i think the only thing that really pervades society is that the fact that if you're rich enough if you're powerful enough you really don't have to live by the laws of the land until you catch the eyes of someone who's got more influence or power than you do
0: there there is a a, a motif of privilege amongst you know these things that happened in his life uh where it whatever that may be good or bad but the reason why I believe this man may have done this, and, and it's thinking of a lot of people during the time period, is like, this is a very serious, dark, and violent accusation. Hundreds of young boys being murdered. Multiple eyewitnesses. Um, I mean... This is one hell of a story to make up about somebody to get rid of them. I feel like you could get rid of them in a lot for a lot less.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Unless you're trying to make a statement.
0: That's true. Or set an example of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for all we know, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But, I mean, there's another flip side to this as well. It, it may be that these people that were trying to stick up for DeRay, their testimonies withheld, also may have... Uh, help cover up evidence, whether that be oh, absolutely, um, where the bodies could have been buried, where, you know, bone fragments from burning the bod- bodies in a, you know, fireplace cremation style, um, to even some of the servants being, you know, withholding uh, information under the threat of death by other nobles connected. You know, there's so many, like, twists and turns to this story that it could go. But the general attitude towards Gilles de Rey now is exonerated. like he's been exonerated, and still sort of uh, seen as a folklore hero that fought along Joan of Arc, even making his way into plays and, and musicals and movies about Joan of Arc. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so there's so much to this story. If you guys get a chance, you know, look at it, look into it yourself. I personally believe that he murdered all of these children. I don't. I think Nick's kind of on the uh, on the fence here, but. Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, this has been a lot of fun to research, uh, very eye-opening in many ways. Um, and we want to thank our audience and our oinkers as well for uh, all of the you know, outpouring of support for uh, our platform and the content that we're putting out for you guys. It means a lot. Um, the response has been phenomenal and we're just growing every day. And we can't thank you enough, uh, especially all of those who went on to uh, Apple Podcasts and have rate and reviewed. And if you haven't done so so far, do it, please. It helps us out a lot. Uh, we're also on Spotify, you know, Google Podcasts, a lot of other platforms. You guys can find us on social media as well, You know, Instagram, Facebook, the works. Uh, and if you guys have a topic in mind that you would love to hear us cover, please reach out to us. Our email address is undercase, all one word, hogwashyourhistory at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a couple suggestions uh, Some of them uh, very dark And not so historical So if you're going to make it dark Or you know, uh, supernatural At least have some something we can build off On the history aspect there <laughs> But uh, yeah, thank you guys again And Nick, you want to send them off?
1: Absolutely Thank you all you oinkers out there For giving us a nice listen Good night
0: Have a good night
1: Thanks for listening, and join us next time for Hogwash Your History.